We don't have a first aid kit or anything with us. Maybe that is something to look into, you know. You're for... getting dropped early enough without carrying a first aid <laughs> kit on the spin. I'm not saying we can carry it. <laughs> Once you're in your kit, that's the hard part done. Like someone sent me in a brilliant quote on Twitter said, getting started is the hard part and that's easy. And we kind of looked at each other and the best we could manage in terms of medical treatment, we had a conversation about potentially just rolling him off the edge of the hill and texting his wife to say he never showed up. (laughs) Welcome to the Romance Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh and six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness and longevity. Now let's get into the show. It's episode 667 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. It's Friday and it's Newbie Questions. We are brought to you today by Athletic Greens AG1. This magical green powder of 75 pristinely sourced vitamins and minerals supports your gut health, immune function, and it helps with energy, recovery, focus, and even anti-aging. These are a few of the many reasons that AG1 has become a staple part of my routine. First thing, every morning into a cold glass of water. AG1 saves me time and money by taking all the guesswork out of what vitamin stack I should be using to help optimize my health. So you can reclaim your health with convenient daily nutrition. It's easy. One scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash roadman. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash roadman to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link and all the details for this offer are in today's show notes. Sarah, welcome back to a jubilant Friday episode of Newbie Questions. I know, it's great. It's amazing to be here. I'm just, I'm like, okay, Anthony, come on, let's get this rolling. I got to get out on my bike today. <laughs> I'm just super happy because I've got a new little nephew. I know. Baby Zach, welcome to the world. We haven't quite figured out how to spell Zach yet, but... We going with Z-A-C or Z-A-C-K or Z-A-C-H? Z-A-C-H? Yeah, I don't know. He's not our baby. We also have to remember. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we can't really dictate how his parents spell the name. But yeah, I think you're going to be the best Uncle Tony ever. Slipping him fivers. Oh, just stop calling me Uncle Tony. <laughs> I will actually do damage to you if you call me that again. This is an off-air <laughs> jostle this is going to turn An into. off-air conversation. I'm going to get into trouble. I have been discombobulated all week because of the bank holiday on Monday. So it's Friday today, but it feels like, I don't know, I'm just all confused and I can't wait to get back into rhythm next week. Poor little girl. Doesn't take much to confuse your little girl, Brian. And we've been flat out this week with coaching queries. My phone has been ringing off the hook. I've had so many um, coaching calls and consultations this week. Everyone seems to be coming out of that winter hibernation at the moment and thinking, planning for the race season or their sportive season or whatever. Their yeah, goals are. Everyone's starting to dial it up for the summer now and they're starting to think, okay, now February, March, April are the times you really need to kick into gear if you want to have a strong June, July, August, September. So it's a great time to get started. This is the first year that I've noticed such a big... So we've got athletes coming to us, clients that have such varying goals. We've got guys who want to step up to A1 or guys who are A1 who want to start winning races. 
and everything in between from bike packing, touring, graveling, and then just down to people who just want to improve. So like we have a coach for anyone who, you know, just because you're not racing or you're not at the pointy end or, you know, an A1 doesn't mean that a coach won't help you. So pop me an email, sarah at roadmancycling.com or you can get in touch with me on Twitter or a lot of people have been in the last couple of days as well. So... I'm excited to just get, you were saying you're feeling a bit flamongst from the, flamongst isn't really a word, but <laughs> you're feeling a bit flamongst from the bank holiday weekend. But I haven't really got my groove from the new year yet because we've all these new plans for the new year. And I hate to be the person that's saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. I prefer to just do it and then say, hey, we have this cool new thing. One of the things we launched this week was our YouTube Clips channel, which was meant to be out the week before, but we're kind of just balancing things and we're trying to build a new studio, get new cameras, loads of stuff. But the Clips channel is out and you're going to hear loads new cool stuff in the works most over the next couple of weeks. But that's the first of quite a few. Absolutely. And our editor is really stepping up the game on our normal podcast YouTube as well. So go and check out that page. The first video that we've kind of, from the new year, we're putting it the Hink Happy interview out again because it was so good. So if you want to go and check that out with the new edit, um, check it out on our YouTube the page. The new editor, not just new edits. The new editor, I'm yes. excited for Georgie. Jordy. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's after bringing so much to it. Okay, let's get into it. That was like, it felt like a very admin start it to the podcast. Did, it did, but before we move on, we have to, We can't, it would be remiss of us not to talk about the cyclocross that happened last weekend. We haven't discussed this. Now, maybe you have on your uh, solo cast. It was insane. Now, I only really got into cyclocross across this year and I feel like I've come to it at this like peak time for cyclocross like the standard is just amazing plus my highlight well I was shouting for white okay so I was a bit disappointed when I saw Vanderpool uh, pipping him on the straight home in the sprint but for me the most exciting part was the drones I just thought that footage was so so cool I don't agree that Vanderpoel just pipped him. I don't think Wout ever really tried to win that race. He followed Vanderpoel from literally lap one. Vanderhaar started hard. Vanderpoel attacked, made that separation with Wout and Vanderpoel on lap one. And really the only person that tried to win the bike race from that point on was Vanderpoel. Do you think that that was him not trying? He got his tactics wrong? I think it's not really fair to say that he didn't try. Well, look, he may be on the limit or maybe just overly backed himself in that sprint and thought, you know, I'll just follow, follow, follow all day because I'm going to be faster in the sprint. But even the sprint, that a slow speed sprint into a tailwind, it's always going to suit who opens up first. It's always going to suit Vanderpoel as well because he has a little bit more punch from slow speed. I think Welsh needed to keep it going from basically the barriers, which was you know, probably two minutes racing away from the finish line. Keep that high speed. So they were coming into that sprint with speed rather than coming in, sprinting from 10K an hour to 50K an hour because the snap is always going to favour MVP. It's it was so interesting. They're very closely matched and even physically they kind of look quite similar. But you can see the different nuances in their riding and their their skills. I mean, over those boards, Vanderpoel just has the edge. He was getting three, four meters, like bunny hopping over those boards. And can I just say before we move on from that as well, when when the cyclocross came to Ireland and I got to see the actual height of the boards, I was completely shocked. They're so high. I'd love to see you trying to jump. <laughs> Teeth gone. Goodbye, teeth. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a viral clip. That's how we could launch the Roadman podcast. 
<laughs> that would be cool. One other thing about um, the cyclocross was the guy who came in sixth. If you want to Google this guy, Gerben Kuipers. Now, there's a lot of articles about him in online at the moment about how he in six weeks from he was working in a factory and how he came six from the cyclocross. That's what I think. They're not even they don't even go into the probably years and months of hardship and training that this guy got went through to get to this uh this breakout, you know, event for him. That was cool to see him succeeding. And before, again, I know I keep saying I'm going to move on, but we're going to have Vanderpool and White Van Aert are going to be going head to head in at least four of the spring classics this year. Strada Bianchi, Milan San Remo, Tour Flanders and Paris-Roubaix. So I can't wait for those. And before we jump on, definitely check out the podcast this week as I dropped two bangers this week. Vegan Cyclist, who's the biggest YouTuber in the world at the moment. And that was... It was a more Joe Rogan-esque podcast than I've put out before. I think it's the longest podcast I've put out since we had the editor. I've put out some, I think I put out one three-hour one, but that was the very, very start when I don't even know if I had a microphone. So it was just three <laughs> hours of rambling. So this is officially the longest podcast. I think it's coming in just shy of an hour and a half. I have another one coming out with Yanni Brakovich next week, which is a similar type length. Not sure if that's something I'm going to gravitate more towards, but let me know your thoughts on the longer form ones. Question number one. Anthony, any tips for urgent roadside injuries? I watched the cyclocross worlds and the Canadian rider relocating his dislocated finger looked brutal. And that's from Chris Clark. And that came in on Twitter. Yeah, I put up a message uh, on my Twitter talking about how he might just be the next Chuck Norris because it was brutal if you watch him relocating the finger I'm talking about Michael Vandenham from Team Canada crashed in an early crash his finger brutally dislocated if you see the picture up on my Twitter but he just snapped it back into place like a boss it was it was pretty gruesome to watch I feel weak I feel weak even thinking about it. His finger was at the completely wrong 90 degree angle on his hand. Oh, it gives me the shudders. Any tips for this guy though for roadside injuries? I think you just got to snap it back into place. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe deep, snap it back into place and have a good strong drink afterwards. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, No, I don't have any tips for roadside injuries. We don't, you know, if you're a road captain in your group, we actually are quite bad for that. There's a lot of us that I'm sure know first aid. I do, and I know how to give mouth to you mouth. You know first aid? I know how to give mouth to mouth, of course. <laughs> Compressions. Um, but we don't have a first aid kit or anything with us. Maybe that is something to look into, you know. You're for... getting dropped early enough without carrying a first aid <laughs> kit on the spin. I'm not saying we can carry it. <laughs> Sarah, carrying a defib up the climb. <laughs> myself <laughs> I did go out on a gravel ride before with an elderly not elderly it sounds a bit harsh but an older lad out of the roadman group and he came out with me and one of the ex-pro lads and we were up in Wicklow and he had a crash and he said I have chest pains and we kind of looked at each other and the best we could manage in terms of medical treatment, we had a conversation about potentially just rolling him off the edge of the hill and texting his wife to say he never showed up. <laughs> the compassion on those rides, it's absolutely elite. <laughs> but I, I do, on a serious note, I do think you're at risk of a serious crash being difficult to treat if you're on gravel. On roads, it's pretty self-explanatory how you deal with a bad side crash on roadside. 
you're going to just make sure the rider's not going to get hit with oncoming traffic, have some sort of blockade, and then call an ambulance or, you know, call a doctor, whatever's more appropriate. But on gravel, it becomes difficult because there's a situation where you could be 60 minutes, two hours from the nearest road. Cell phone coverage could be quite bad as well. So it makes it really difficult. There is some cool GPS solutions and like uh, tracking devices that like hikers use for this. I don't have any myself, but it's something that is worth looking for if you ride a lot of gravel. Question number two, Anthony. I have a question about motivation. I struggle to get out at times. Once out, it's great, but getting through the door some days defeats me. And that's from Des at Cam's Custom Cycles on Twitter. We get a lot of questions in about motivation. We I see seem what he's done co- there. He's sneakily done that though, where his, <laughs> his name is also his brand for people to go out and check out Des at Cam's Custom Cycles. He done that well. I went on to Des at Cam's Custom Cycles. We're not getting paid for, for all these shout outs, by the way. Couldn't really see too much custom cycles there. But and if you try and say it real fast, it's a real tongue twister <laughs> as well. So what do you think? Another question about motivation. It seems to be, look, we, we get these all the time. I suffer from motivation as well. You don't. Um, that's I, I what, do. I, I try to be disciplined, not mm-hmm. motivated. And like on what was it, Monday night, I had a recovery ride to do and I didn't start it until 11.15pm. That was grim. Like there's no motivation that gets you through that. That's just discipline, keeping zeros off the scorecard. Some stuff that works for me is getting into my kit, just making a small commitment saying, okay, you know what, I'm not going out training. I have this schizophrenic conversation with myself or the good devil or the good angel and the bad devil, one on each shoulder. And I'll say, okay, I'm not going training today. And then I'll sort of reason with myself to say, okay, I'm just going to get into my cycling kit. I'm not going training, but I'm going to get into my kit. Once you're in your kit, that's the hard part done. Like someone sent me in a brilliant quote on Twitter said, getting started is the hard part and that's easy. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I always wonder about this as well. And I've been saying it for weeks, I need to set some goals. What are your goals like? What's your why? Why are you doing it? How do you just think about the end game? Do you feel better when you get in off the bike? I mean, you said it in your message. Once out, it's great. But getting through the door some days defeats me. Also, it helps me a lot to surround myself in environments that's talking about cycling, that's interested in cycling, that's interested in fitness. And that's for a lot of us now curating our digital inputs. Like who are you following on Twitter? What pages are you following on Instagram? If they're uplifting motivational pages about cycling and fitness, you know, it's putting you into a certain headspace. If they're politics pages, it's putting you into a different headspace. If they're, you know, pages that are glamorizing the dad bod and it's okay to be 50 pounds overweight, again, that puts you and flicks you into another victim mentality where it's out of your control. So YouTube, I find brilliant. You know, we spoke about vegan cyclists, some of his impossible roof videos. They're so good and they're so motivating. You just want to go and ride your bike after watching them. And it's been proven that those motivational videos give you a release of dopamine in your brain. And dopamine is actually a motivation hormone. So all of that kind of spurs you on. So I agree with you. Stick so what on does a bit. Dave Goggins do to your brain? I know, he, he puts a fire under your arse. That's <laughs> what he does. Go and check him out. <laughs> Okay, question number three. Anthony, I need to lose weight. I'm about 22 pounds overweight. 
I've cycled for the last 15 years, but never with structure. Not sure that I can afford a coach, but can you advise on what type of training I should be doing in order to lose weight? Should they be long, slow miles or hit efforts on the indoor trainer? I also know I need to be in a calorie deficit, but how do I figure out how much of a deficit is safe? And that's from Michael Lawler. I think they're two separate questions. What type of training do you need to be doing and how do you lose weight? I don't think they're necessarily that linked. No matter how much you train, you're not going to out-train a bad diet with the possible caveat that if you've nothing else to do whatsoever and you can ride the bike 35 hours a week, you may out-train a bad diet. Like he's obviously, what he's doing at the moment isn't working. He's He said he's been cycling for 15 years and he's still heavy. So it's obviously in nutrition. It's a calorie, you know, it's a problem there. So my kind of strategy for it is always look at, Sarah, there's a cool calorie calculator to work out the healthy deficit that we built for one of our products. Maybe you can link that up for people so they can download it. Yeah, it's amazing. So you get your BMI and then you actually slot in the amount of training that you're doing and intensities and it tells you about how much of a deficit you need to be in per week. If you want to lose a pound a week, it will tell you how much of a deficit. If you want to lose two pounds a week, it's really good. I'll, I'll stick it in the show notes. So what I would do is work on that calorie deficit first. So let's pick an arbitrary number. The calorie calculator spits out, say you need a 500 calorie deficit a day. I would download a nutrition tracker like MyFitnessPal. I would work to be in a daily deficit of that 500 And then on your cycle, I wouldn't look at the cycle as a place to burn extra calories. I would say if you're going to cycle for 60 minutes, fuel well on the bike for 60 minutes, with one gram of carbs per kilogram of body weight for the spin. And you look to create that deficit during the rest of the day, not on the cycle. And look, we've loads of cool plans. Even if you can't afford a coach, we've loads of cool stuff like eight-week challenges that Sarah can... uh, you know, point you in the direction of if you pop her an email, which are a very affordable way to get started. Even a 14-day plan, which is amazing and has recipes and stuff. I think it's like retails at like nine quid or something. So it's it's not a money issue. It's a getting started issue with this. Question number four, Anthony. I'm a new-ish cyclist. I've been riding in a group for about a year and it's mostly with guys. I know it's proper etiquette for me to do a turn up the front, even if it's only for a short time. But the lads always maneuver around me so I don't have to. I'm not complaining, but I'm wondering if they're all silently cursing me under their breath. Should I go up and do my turn, even if it's only for 60 seconds? And that's from Sarah, my namesake, from Yorkshire. It's definitely not from you. It's this, this could be me. This could be me because on the Saturday ride, the guys all know that I'm basically in the red for most of it and they, they're watching me and I, the, my heart rate monitor is up front and centre and they can all see probably where my heart so rate is at. Coming out your ears. <laughs> and everybody they're absolutely gentlemen they don't really let me go up front and ride and if I am up front they will very quickly kind of you know move up the ranks so I'm kind of back in a little bit of you know I'm getting a little bit of uh, shelter again but yeah, I have to say I very rarely go up the front because, yeah, as I said, the guys are watching me and it's not correct etiquette at all. I know I should be up there even if it's for 20, 30 seconds. I don't know. I I see people talking about on Twitter where we have polls and people say, you know, the most annoying thing on cycling when someone doesn't take their turn. That's never bothered me. Like, if someone wants to ride, they can ride. I'll happily sit on the front of the group ride 
for the entire span. And I, I won't carry any secret animosity to people that haven't <laughs> rode through. It's You're not going are, home like punching the pillow. and <laughs> People are all at different levels. So I don't get the issue for that. Like, so, you know, it depends on the group you're in, I suppose. For us on our group, you know, there's four guys who are probably slightly stronger than the rest of the group. And pretty sure I speak for all of them and say, they have no issue with people sitting on the back of the group, especially if they're hurting. The other thing that's been quite obvious in the last couple of months with you out on the Saturday group is, and it, this winds you up, maybe people not doing a turn, when there's two people up front in the group and they're talking. Oh, go to the front and slow <laughs> down winds me up. Like no, In a break, people go to the front and take a drink. You're in a four-man <laughs> break. And people are sitting on in positions four, three, two, and they don't drink anything. And then they get to position one and they flick up the block instead of down the block and start drinking. Nothing cracks me more than that. <laughs> if, if that's you, you're going to bounce off your head we, this season. We get home on a Saturday and that'll be like effing thing up the front and they're having a conversation. If you're riding up front, you should be riding hard enough that you're not chatting. So if you're up front, you, you should be pushing it. Ride, like. <laughs> Just stay at the back, stay out of people's way. There's lads dying of hypothermia at the back as you're chatting on the front of 110 beats to a 40 beats sitting in behind. Yeah, so my advice to Sarah from Yorkshire is enjoy it. I think as you get stronger over the next months and year or whatever, then maybe pop up the front if you're starting to feel very guilty, but ah, don't lose any sleep over it. Tech Corner. Tech Corner is a cool one today. Okay, so <laughs> this is a first for the cycling industry. You're going to have to help me with the pronunciation of this. Schwab? Schwab. Yeah. Schwab, got it. Okay, so they are going to release a tire made purely from other recycled tires. So they're at a phase now where they're taking old tires from people. They're trialing it at the moment in Germany. There's actually... 1,600 depots where you can just go and put your old tires in. And they've come together with a company called Prim Innovations. It's a recycling company. And they've created a brand new recycling process so they can do this because... In your tires at the moment, there's rubber and there's fibers and there's also steel. So they have this system that only Schwab are doing at the moment where they basically you know, separate those three components and then they send the rubber back to Schwalbe so they can create new tires. So at the moment, they're still in the space where they're just getting the rubber and getting it recycled and they're going to be releasing brand new recycled tires uh, next year. It's so exciting, isn't it? It's so, so cool. And the other really cool thing about it is that this company... Prim Innovations, when they're separating the three components, there's a gas that's formed and they're actually using this gas to power the factory. So it's even more efficient and friendly for the environment. Cycling has a huge problem with sustainability. It's like at present, 100% of carbon frames end up as a landfill. There's no effective way of recycling carbon. And it was interesting talking to the founder from Factor, Rob, on the podcast and it's something they're really working towards and at the moment the best they can do is they're chopping up some of the carbon melting it down and it's been mixed in with concrete for construction work and that's their you know recycling at the moment but there's not many companies doing this uh josh from silka as well was on and they're trying to melt down carbon frames and turn them into sealant for tires at the moment but it's quite basic you know, recycling of it. If you contrast that to aluminium frames, 
aluminium frames are highly recyclable. So, so maybe we see a resurgence in that as the move towards sustainability kicks up a little bit. Would this, would these efforts by Schwab make you buy their tires? Totally honest, I'm less interested in how they're made than, you know, are they going to slide out when I'm going around a corner in the wet? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're hardly going to, you know, release something that's not safe. Well, there's good tires and there's bad tires though. So, you know, it's not much consolation that they're sustainably made if I'm in hospital eating food. <laughs> Through a tube. I think, uh, but they're just getting the raw component component back, the rubber, which is like, a, you know, the, a component they start with for all of the tires anyway. So I just think this is absolutely amazing. I want to see loads more uh, things like this happening within the cycling industry. Chapeau, Schwalb. There you go. There's a mouthful. Roman, that's episode 667. Sarah's back again tomorrow with a solo cast and I'm back again on Monday. Until then, ride safe and enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.